Hans, I heard you just got out of this motion picture, Doctor Sleep. I hear it's the hit of the summer. It's great. It's a masterpiece in cinema, filmmaking. It's a it's a sequel to Stephen King. No, no, no. Actually, uh, Stephen King probably wouldn't want his name on Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece, the nineteen eighty rendition of The Shining, because there is there are two renditions of The Shining. Nobody really talks about the nineteen ninety seven one so often, but. It's a thing. Um, I've never seen that one. Uh, is that more, or is that connected to this one at all? Nope. Do you see anything from that one in this one at all? Mm. I'm reeling back on my my memories from watching Doctor Sleep for the first time, and you know there were moments of uh, terrible special effects that maybe carry over from that 1997 one. But no, I mean it seems very clear. They want you to know that this is definitely tied into that first. Shining film from 1980 that the master, Stanley Kubrick, the greatest filmmaker of all time, wound up doing. I want to uh, rewatch it just so that I can do a count of how many times they say shine. In the first minute. Mm. uh, They have to remind you, though. In the first minute. You have to understand, Hans. (laughs) The casual viewer who's walking into the theater, they're going, what? What is this? Stephen King something? There's something about the uh, Jack Nicholson? I don't know. And then they just sit down. They go, oh, I, I think I shine. That's that's familiar. Oh. And so this this movie. And what's crazy is nobody is talking about this movie right now the way that we've been talking about it. Except no, just us. Nobody has been. I uh, I wanted to check a couple of reviews before uh, starting this and. Uh, it's got like a 95 uh, audience uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, I think uh, <clears throat> when it comes to credits, it's like 75 or something like that. Which I, I, Last I checked, I thought it was 72. So somewhere around that range. Which yeah. is <laughs> definitely not a, a number that I agree with at all. I, I don't understand what they saw in this movie at all. Well, let's just set it up real quick because Dr. Sleep was a novel that came out, I think, in 2011 or 2012. That was a sequel to Stephen King's The Shining. And it's a dense book. They go in a different direction as far as the genre and the storyline go, uh, where you have the Danny Torrance character all grown up, and he is a hospice worker who deals with alcoholism, and he helps people pass over. It's It's actually a pretty interesting premise for that character. But then they veer off into fantasy, and that is obviously apparent with this movie where uh, it's a fairly faithful adaptation of the book. However, because they couldn't just do Dr. Sleep and have it be a vague sequel to The Shining with no real overlap in terms of aesthetic or or the looks of certain actors, perhaps, uh, you couldn't just have Jack Torrance be a middle-aged man referenced, uh, and it could be like Alec Baldwin playing him in a photo, you know. Uh, you can't do that. No, 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 no. Uh, they wanted to make it abundantly clear that this is a sequel to St- uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining in every single way. So, for example, in the book, the uh, Dick Halloran character is alive. He doesn't die at the end of The Shining novel. He does die at the end of Stanley Kubrick's version. In this movie, they integrate him as a ghost. And that that actor who plays Dick Halloran is pretty good because he's not doing a Scatman Crothers impression. He's just being himself. 
However, uh, the ending to this movie, which we are going to talk a whole lot about. As a matter of fact, it might be uh, 95% <laughs> of the conversation. The last 45 minutes of this movie is different from the book. Because at the end of The Shining book, the Overlook Hotel blows up because Jack Torrance has this moment of redemption. And he, he, he uh, does away with the ghosts and he's a good guy at the end of things. At the end of the movie, he freezes to death in a hedge maze and, you know, it's still there. So they had to change the ending of the Dr. Sleep book and it takes place at the Overlook Hotel. And what you get is uh, what I call the spooky world version <laughs> of The Shining, where we're going to do a greatest hits version of The Shining. We're going to bring back all your favorites, the entire roster. And it is, it, I, think, I think this is evil. <laughs> I think this is the, the purest, most transparent example of corporate evil that we've ever seen in a movie ever yeah i um i love how uh, stephen king was hacking it too just uh saying that it was great just playing it off Uh, i can we just well we know that stephen king hated the stanley kubrick version and he put out this ominous i i i I took note of this right away where he praised pet cemetery he praised it he's like these are awesome movies go check them out he, what he said with this one was, this movie, it's a good thing, which is v- very peculiar for him, to, for him to phrase it in that manner. It's like Mike, Mike Flanagan is a talented filmmaker and a great storyteller. What about with this movie, Is he? We don't know. We don't know. Dr. Sleep is a good thing. Oof. So I feel like I feel like he knows this movie's a fucking embarrassment. Or... Not even just an embarrassment. It's it's it's. Or, or, or what? he liked it. Maybe. But I th- I think he would... See, I think he would have liked it if they didn't harp so heavily on the Kubrick elements. But I think part of him also took pleasure in the fact that it chipped away at the legacy ever so slightly of that movie. Just by, again, bringing out the Roadshow Collective of Characters from that film while watching it i was thinking uh, we're just trying to figure out a way in which they could have done this without it being as gross as it is um because even with the trailers they uh they make it painfully obvious that it's a remake you know the whole red rum thing on the wall that he wakes up to or whatever um and and the only thing i could come up with was well they have to remake the shining first so that it fits into this new movie and then they can do that sequel because otherwise it makes no, like it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the tone. It doesn't fit the look. It looks like a cheap version of The Shining whenever they go back to, whenever they show flashbacks or whenever they try to uh, play with uh, not uh, Danny Torres or not Shelley Duvall, who was so bad. That actress, I don't know who it is, but the the... That was Alex Esso, who was in the movie Starry Eyes, and she was actually good in that movie. In this movie, however, she does a Shelley Duvall impression, and um, that was the first red flag. That was rough. So, I mean, people people are constantly patting Mike Flanagan on the back, and I said after I saw Gerald's Game, I was like, this is a terrible movie. I don't understand why people seem to uh, be hyped mm. on this. This feels like... A USA made for TV Stephen King adaptation. Did you wind up seeing Gerald's no Game? No, not at all. Good. Don't watch yeah. it. 
Don't listen to Jake or Jerry or whoever <laughs> said it was good. It was, one of them was into the movie. I was not. I thought that was a mess. I, I, I didn't think they wrapped things up well at all, and they were introducing random elements that didn't sync up with the storyline. It, it was trying to cram too much from the book into the movie, and it was a problem. This movie would may here here's the thing it it commits a a a a a massive sin right and it's i think it's the most i think it's the purest example of what marvel and all these companies do where they know how to master things to a degree where they can convince you what you're seeing is good either in the moment or as you're just walking away and then it starts to set in where it's like no 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 <laughs> that was a waste of my time i'm never doing that again it's a theme park ride, as Martin Scorsese said. So this movie, Ewan McGregor's, I think, pretty good. He's a compelling uh, lead character, or compelling enough. And there are aspects about the story that are interesting, where they're kidnapping children with the shine and uh, trying to uh, absorb their energy to give themselves immortality, which sounds like a cheesy uh, Hunger Games-style fan- young adult fantasy novel, but... It, 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 on it, on paper, the idea is not necessarily a bad one, okay? So there's something to that that is compelling enough. But then, every 15 minutes or so, we get a little reminder that this is the universe it takes place. And don't forget, <laughs> Jack Nicholson was once a character uh, in this world, okay? Where, where he was Jack Torrance and he haunted Ewan McGregor. And Mike Flanagan... It's almost like he can't identify what is good about Kubrick. And he what he borrows from that movie is the most superficial, non-stylistic things, you know? Like uh, the font choices when it's like Long Island, New York. That's, okay, so that's, that's, the, that's the callback. You're going to go with Helvetica standard. Okay. Yeah, he, he grabbed like um, whatever a super, superficial The Shining fan would think it's like iconic or would think it's uh, something that people will remember very superficially. And that's what he grabbed from it. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's what he felt like. Like they, they, it, it didn't feel like it had any depth or any reason for it. It was just, uh, Hey, remember this? Hey, you recognize this, right? What do you think? <laughs> what do you think of the choice that they went with where they opted not to do what I think Ready Player One did. And I read an interview with Mike Flanagan where he said, well, you know, we approached Jack Nicholson or no Spielberg approached Jack Nicholson for Ready Player One because they have that scene with the twins and that tipped people off in advance. Like, are they going to revisit this property? Because companies tend to do that. They want to they want to warm you up. They want to get you familiar again when they're going to rehash that ground from 30 years ago. So they feature the twins from The Shining and Ready Player One. They approached Jack Nicholson to do some, uh, you know, capture scene where they would have made him, made him younger and done a scene for that movie. He said no. He said he's retired. And I think that's a polite way of saying that his brain is mush right now. Yeah, he won't be able yes. to do much of anything. He can eat a sandwich on the Lakers court, and that's about it. So they didn't bother him for this one. And I really wish in retrospect that maybe they would have at least tried to. Because what you get is <laughs> you get uh, the characters from that original movie. You don't get a new take on them. You get actors playing those actors as those characters. And it's excruciating. 
It is one of the worst things I have ever seen in my entire life, and I've seen execution videos from the cartel in Mexico. Hans, what did you think of it? That's the thing that I'm most baffled about, because um, a couple of the reviews that I read, that was a positive. uh, Mm. The way that they were depicted and how respectful they thought it was. Uh, even though that's respectful, that would have, was that more respectful than just like using, uh, that army hammer social network technology of like facial mapping where you put the face onto the body of another. Yeah. Apparently that's a a positive. I don't know if, uh, these reviewers are just getting paid now. I mean, I'm sure some of them are, but some of the things that I read from this movie were just. Like, I just couldn't understand how that could be a positive, and this was one of them, uh, because uh, uh, I, I forgot her name already, the one that played Shelley Duvall. She was horrible, and, and a couple of them felt that, you know, that was a strong performance. That little, I mean, that this is not related to The Shining, but that little um, actress, like the main little girl, she was terrible throughout the whole thing. I could not stand her every th- time she would open her mouth her tone was just sassy and sarcastic and just, uh, I don't, I wanted to ask you something because I'm not, I'm not familiar with the book at all, but so this uh, group of uh, Willy Wonka looking or, <laughs> or, you know, top hat wearing um, misfits that are uh, driving They're just around. insane clown posse fans, huh? <laughs> Why? Who are these people? Are they in The Shining at all? Are they in the book? No, no they're not in The Shining. Why? None of these people are in The Shining except for Danny. Okay, what, what's the point of this? Like how... So so I guess... I guess The Shine became a thing that what? This people that just came out of somewhere or they had The Shine too or... Like that kind of lost me. I well, we know from the first movie that Dick Halloran has The Shining, right? right. So it, it's not an isolated incident where it's just Danny Torrance has the ability to see and talk to dead people. And then there's that Tony character who I think actually, and my my memory's a little foggy on this. It's been a while since I read the book. I think the Tony character in the book winds up being Danny Torrance at a much later point in his life, okay. which. Could have been interesting if that was this movie where he's trying to guide his former, like almost like an exorcist to the heretic sort of deal. Well, that's not like a great reference for this. I mean, I I actually I think it's a very fitting reference for that in a way that I did not intend, because I think it's completely comparable. And I do think, luckily, that that first movie is so good on its own away from the Stephen King lore, even, that it's yeah. not going to suffer as a result of this movie, uh, just like the Exorcist sequels did not suffer uh, that original film and its right. quality. Uh, but you were talking about uh, Rose the Hat, and she's the head of this cult where they're absorbing energy from children. I think it's called The Dog's Knot. I think that's the, the name of the group. And... Um, the girl that they're after is named Abra Stone, and she is a girl with The Shining, according right. to Wikipedia. And that's right. in quotation marks. And, and she learns how to control it very quickly, right? That is correct. She's, 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 uh, she's a master of the shine. She's the ray of this movie. That's what I was thinking the entire time. 
is she's exactly like Ray from at least that first Star Wars movie. Yeah. Just where she's sass- sassier and just she's got a smart mouth. Oh, I wouldn't say she's sassy. She's she's honestly kind of bland. She's just very sharp. She's like the the very smart academic girl who can do no wrong. She's not going to make any mistakes here. Yeah. And that's yeah. painful in how they decide to intertwine that with the shining elements. Because on its own, otherwise, this treads the same kind of uh, footsteps that the Marvel films do, where it's like, well, this is a this is a shared universe film, and here's a decent enough storyline. We have actors that uh, know how to pull off a performance in the lead roles, and we're gonna start uh, shoehorning in these elements and introduce this new character who's young and spunky, and she's 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 got things under control. You see this guy here, Ewan. He's a big fuck up, but her, she knows what she's doing. Everybody follow her lead. And I Ugh, I can't I, believe the places where they go with this. Are you saying they're they're gonna do a, a shining a cinematic universe? I mean, this is already the start of it, and I had well, let me be clear. We have a group on Facebook that is currently titled Lorez Wonderbread and the Barry Linden Boys. It's typically Lorez Wonderbread and Headshot LLC. It's a Facebook group. And every so often, you know, I get little tidbits of information here and there about things to expect down the road. And something that I had learned around the time that It Chapter 2 was initially screened and had a cut scene at the end that they wound up mixing was that they are currently shopping around the idea of doing a Shining remake or miniseries for Netflix or a streaming service like that. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that that is something that could happen, especially since they've, uh, they've look, the whole Stanley Kubrick estate seems to be hurting for cash recently. They put up a tweet saying, see the next chapter with the poster of Dr. Sleep. And they're selling Stanley Kubrick t-shirts now that Jake Hanrahan tagged me in on, on Instagram <laughs> of like 2001. And like, they really are trying to merchandise everything that has to do with this man and his how, works. How many have so, you gotten yet? I haven't gotten a goddamn <laughs> single one. How dare you, Alan? <laughs> do you really think it's that much of a stretch that they would do a a third movie or a spinoff of some kind? Um, I'm sure they're going to do numbers just because of the connection. Uh, the, that's the literally the only reason why anyone would be interested, unless people are still excited about Stephen King uh, properties after it too, um, which didn't really have as much of a, a boom as the first one. There was I don't know how much money it made. I don't know if it made more or as much money, but I don't know. It doesn't feel like it made as much of a a cultural uh, hit or a cultural uh, event as the first one was. Um, right. So I, I don't know if anyone would be interested about this movie if it wasn't for that and also the connection to The Shining. But it just, like the whole movie felt like a bad episode of Supernatural to me. Like it had the it had the look of of that the costumes felt very much like that like a you know like a, a CW show uh, some of the of the shots too like the cinematography at times felt re- really cheap and very yeah, like, Mike Flanagan t- isn't a good filmmaker he's not a good filmmaker he he doesn't have an eye for what looks good on the screen you're absolutely correct everything is like the most standard approach to how to handle a scene he was he was the absolute bottom of the barrel choice that they could have gone with for somebody to handle Kubrick's 
material. Well, I think that the only reason why they went with him was because of that Hale House show. Yes, yeah. Only He's a reason. relevant horror director. Yeah. That, of, that and Gerald's yeah. Game uh, got him some critical acclaim, and that Hill House uh, show was very popular. He did that Widgie movie, too. That was pretty good. Widgie? Is that how you pronounce it? The Widgie board? Widgie, yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. I, I like that one. But Yeah, uh, but there, there's a different... There's a different standard held to the Ouija films oh, yeah, yeah. than there is even like C-list Stephen King novels as opposed to The Shining. But I don't know if there's a correct director for that, though. Who would you I go? think there is. I think you would get you would have to get somebody who has developed their own style. Someone that's as crazy as he was. That 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 is in like the same. Like you need an auteur who is roughly in the same tier as a Stanley Kubrick. But maybe is like somebody who's going to know better than to try to emulate everything that he had already done. Like a, a good example could be like a I don't want to say David Lynch. That's 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 so obvious. I mean Guillermo del Toro would be a better option. Even like if you really want to shell out money, do Christopher Nolan. Right. You there's there's so many like top tier directors you could have put in there that could have <laughs> delivered on this and known what to avoid. More importantly. Doesn't even matter if this was just plain and simple a bad film. That's one thing, right? That's forgivable because then it'll be forgotten or it'll be so yeah. bad it's good. This movie rapes The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the connection is just gross. It's too. They make it too obvious. They they shove it in your face and rub it on your face every five minutes, just a, a reminder. And at the same time, try to play off this. Um, what is it? Immortal instruments, uh, fucking, uh, <laughs> um, just the, the story of it, of just, we're, uh, uh, you know, a group of misfits that we're evil kind of, but we're dressed up in costumes and, and some of us are old and, and one of them is Mexican. It's just, I, I, like, I, why? Like, I don't understand how is that connected? Even like, even how, how the fuck did Stephen King connected that to The Shining? At all. So just the the shine, and then out of that, he thought, well, I guess there's going to be a group that searches for that to to become immortal. Like I know he did a lot of drugs, but I what I, I don't <laughs> no this this was this was recent. This was not. He doesn't have the excuse of being on Percocets or or having a damaged brain as a result of being in that car accident. No, this was somewhat recent. This was this decade. So do you think he just got into young adult? drama novels and no because that's not how it was marketed it was marketed as like a sequel to the shining and they only went into danny torrance has grown up and he's working uh as a hospice employee who helps people pass over that was like the log line i was like all right that sounds small and and cool and like a weird personal grown-up story okay i'm in on that once they got into the fantasy they lost me with the book um, so I, I don't know. Uh, it's not unusual for a sequel to a novel to venture off in a different place, but this really, I think maybe he was trying to set out to make it its own book is my guess. I think he just wanted to use the character and the premise and take it somewhere else, which is, is fine on paper, but then you have movie adaptations and this is what you wind up with. Would you like to run through the movie? Sure, we can we we can we can briefly talk about it, but I really want to sink into that ending and and talk about 
talk okay. about that. Okay. So as we mentioned before, Danny Torrance has grown up. He's an alcoholic. He's sleeping with a prostitute who has a baby and doing coke with her. And uh, as we see his trajectory to getting sober and finding a job and uh, being like the uh, the nursing home cat that follows people around when they're about to die, you know, he talks to people in his head and he communicates, hey, it's going to be okay. It's all right. It's okay. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. That was another thing. But see, I hold on a second. I will. I, I, are you referring to the scene where it's like the old person's panicking and he's about yeah. to die? It's okay. Like, I didn't have a problem with that scene at all. I thought that was a good scene, except for the fact that when he dies, you see his smoky soul <laughs> going out of his mouth. What the fuck was that? Is that what was that? But I thought I thought that would only happen to people that had the shine, and then right, well, I right, guess just right. everyone, no. just everyone so has it. With that, that makes sense. If we saw that beforehand too, right? If we saw like a kid in the, you see the smoke, cool. But it's happening to people with the shine, not this old man. Just a random just, old dad. And dying. I think, and I could be wrong about this, but I think that was the first time we saw that in the movie. Was there was there an instance before that where we saw a kid getting murdered and the 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 soul exited the body? Because I, I feel like that was the first time, and my reaction was they just completely fucking soiled this scene with that moment. So in the book, it's just supposed to be people with the shine. Uh, well, yeah, and in, in this movie, that's the same deal too. But it, I mean, the the smoke thing through the mouth—I don't remember that from the book. Nothing in this scene shows that he would have the shine at all for that to happen so it makes no he no doesn't sense. have the shine he's just a normal old man that's all that's all there is to it <laughs> and and he's the one guy where we see that occur and and neil mcgregor doesn't even react to it he's just it's just it just happens on to the next one uh, yep I let's go, go kitty took off in the yep. bathroom that's, <laughs> that's my day right that was another red flag after we see alex esso doing a shelly duvall impression a woman who went mad for how dedicated she was to being in that movie and giving such a good performance she allowed stanley kubrick to verbally well not even verbally but just like a, a mentally mm, abuse yeah. her like that's not good enough shelly you have to do <laughs> 14 more takes shelly and then that was like the 80th take of the day in the fucking freezing cold of colorado anyhow so that happens and then we uh, we, we have like interstitial moments where we see the the top hat lady rose the hat is i i believe her character name and she is part of uh i think i think the group is knots landing i don't know it's something along those lines it's a it's a cult as we've talked about before and they uh kidnap children but they want this girl this 15 year old girl who looks about 37 years old who's luring a pedophile in the theater and you know they're just going to see some obscure 1940s film together in long island and again this is this is modern day i'm fairly certain yeah she's not dressed like the 40s she's got dyed like pixie hair right she looks like a mentally ill tumblr girl yes who, exactly who who shares memes about her her multiple ailments you know uh so she this girl winds up joining the the true knot Wait, wait, and, can we go? Um, can, can we just go back to that interaction because that confused me a lot. I didn't couldn't figure out what was happening because uh, the old man comes in and just sits next to her, 
And then right. they ha they have a, a weird interaction there where you don't know if they're a couple or if that's her dad or it's just it's all very awkward. And then hat and then she's like, what, what does she say? I'll teach you to mess with little girls again. Like, no, but guy... she, she injects something on his neck or something like that. Like she does something. No, mentally controls his. She does something to him mentally. I think she carves a V into his face once she puts him into a trance. Mm -hmm. And the implication here is that he's a child molester and she's a child, but she looks like she's 29. She's like a schlubby Lena Dunham type. And she's, uh, she's supposed to be 15. Yeah. And they just, yeah, I, I was very confused by that. And that's when they got all excited about her and then followed her out and caught her and, her character's pointless too. I mean, well, it's not pointless, but giving her like that depth is pointless because like she she has no arc in the film. Right. Where it's like she's using her ability to lure in pedophiles and punish them and hopefully ward them off from doing anything too bad again. And then she joins the the true knot and <laughs> this, this is such a <laughs> stupid name. Uh, she joins the cult. And we don't see any redemption for her. She just, she falls right in. She's like, yeah, I guess we'll kill kids. You know, yeah. I kill pedophiles. I have a grudge against pedophiles, but yeah, I'll kill kids. You know? Well, first they, uh, they throw a bunch of, uh, smoke into her mouth, which I guess makes her evil. Right. And then she just wakes up and she's normal. And, and then that's it. Her transformation from, uh, a girl that does bad things that, for a good, good reason, no, bad thing. Well, that looked bad, bad for a good, for reason. good reason. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now she just does bad things, or like I'm. I was so confused by her character. I didn't like. I understand the smoke thing. Like, what the fuck was that about? She already had the thing inside of her, or she didn't. Like, if she didn't, then how was she able to control the guy's mind? You know, like, I, why, why did we see her do that? they just introduce her as someone that controls minds and we didn't need this shit <laughs> like what's the point of this there's no point there's no point and she does have like a moment of reluctance once one of the kids winds up being killed because she's seeing it happen for the first yeah. time there's like a, a first hesitance so it's not like she has the smoke blown into her face and she's completely brainwashed it's more like okay this is tiding her over for right now to go along with what we want to do and then she's just, she goes ahead with it anyway. She's like, fuck it. I don't care. You know, I want to live forever, I guess. Uh, you know, the little kid, the little baseball player, I believe, is Academy Award nominee Jacob Tremblay for the, uh, Room with Brie Larson. That's, that's the, the life of a child actor. One, one year you're nominated for an Oscar. The next year you're doing a bit part in this. You're certain. Surrounded by people dressed like Scooby Doo gypsies. Wow. Scooby Doo gypsies. Well, yeah. they suck. <laughs> they suck smoke out of your mouth. That, yeah. Okay. And then. Uh, okay. What, well, what happens after this? I mean, we start to have that character, Aberstone, get involved in the mix, and she comes from like a well off family, and Ewan McGregor's talking to her, and they're communicating, and she's the one trying to say something to him about this cult and 
it all comes to a head and Abra's dad beats up Ewan or he tries to beat up Ewan McGregor because he looks like a creepy molester guy yeah. and they dig up a body and then they it's it's all pointless because what they really <laughs> want you to watch is the last 30 minutes <laughs> where they go to the hotel why do they go to the hotel I don't know. That's the thing that I was... Okay, so because I, I watched half of it yesterday and I fell asleep and then I, I watched the other half today. Oh, you bought two tickets to this movie? Yes. <laughs> that was yeah. a very poor choice. Yeah, let's pretend that they fucking opened the movie at the same time in Costa Rica. Let's, let's pretend that. Um, and uh, and then, like, I, I, I try to pay attention. I couldn't under- understand. Okay, so Ewan McGregor gets involved with this black girl. Because they want to stop them, and then they Abra. Go. Well, he, the gang is going to go after Abra eventually. They like to prey on children specifically, and somehow she can communicate with Danny Torrance. But what's? Why is Danny doing this? He's just an alcoholic that's he's just bored. whose life he, is just. He's, he's done with booze, so he needs something else to do. So he's just going to yeah. save this random girl and believe what she says because the thing. they might be. I, I there's know, there's kind of like a connection like a mental connection between them two but it just it all felt very convenient and i still don't understand that sh- also that showdown that the okay let's let's get into the ending because i'm i also have a lot to say there's one bit though that i feel like we need to talk about which is there there's a real ending to this movie where the true not gang go out to the forest and they're going to take abra but she has this ability to, uh, you know, wasn't there an X-Men who could do this as well, where they built a shell version? No, Luke Skywalker did this in The Last Jedi when Kylo Ren came at him. And then he just wound up dying of a heart attack on a rock anyway. So Abra builds this fake version of herself. The True Knot gang come up to her and they're like, Whoo! and their arms go through the, the, the body there. And it's like, oh, we've been played. And then... The guy from Lost and Ewan McGregor start firing off uh, guns at the gang and kill almost all of them except for one. And the one guy is going to take Abra, because he goes and grabs Abra for real at her home, not right. far from there. The Mexican. He's going to take her to Rose the Hat. And they will eat her, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But then... now. On the way but, but, there, though, hold on. On the way there, Ewan McGregor's character, Danny, Uncle Dan, goes into Abra's body, possesses her, oh, yeah. and says some intimidating line to the driver of this vehicle and eventually kills him, I guess. But somehow, they wind up in Colorado at the Overlook Hotel. Now, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Hans. You had something to say. No. Um, fuck. Yeah. No, no, no. It's fine. Go on. Keep going. I just, I'm so confused by everything that happens in that last sequence. You just reminded me what happened in, in the fucking car uh, once she's taken uh, and then how they crash and, and the guy just crashes out and the girl is completely just, nothing happens to her and then all of a sudden there are the, I, that, that's the thing. I I didn't want to rewind it just because it's such a piece of shit that I was like, I don't want to spend more time in this. So I was hoping that you will be able to explain that part for me. But it just seems like there's no explanation. It just happened. It just- oh, I think that guy's name, that character, the driver, was named Crow Daddy. Wonderful. So, sounds, 
is Sam the Hat. It's what is it? Ro- Rose, Rose the Hat and Crow Daddy of the True Not Gang. Great. Now, how are they going to hold down this powerful girl when they took like eight of them to hold down the baseball kid? I don't know. Who who knows? Who cares? Let's let's just talk about. Let's talk about how. I wish I remembered how they wind up at the Overlook Hotel. I just saw it. And where, I don't remember. It's not <laughs> memorable. <laughs> Ewan McGregor, I believe, is looking for Abra. Rose the Hat has her, and he first off. He's going to check the hotel out a little bit. And you see this on the poster. He sticks his face into the, oh. the hole in the door oh. that Jack Torrance carved. And he gets that brief flashback to um, not Shelley. Shelley Duvall's character. Yes, uh, not Shelley, not Alex Esso as his mother. And um, then he decides to go down to the ballroom where the bar is. And this is the... <laughs> This is the real moment of the film. This is the moment that's supposed to blow everybody away, right? This is it. Well, I don't know. I think I think that axe moment was supposed to be very significant too when he sticks his head. Sure, the, the iconography there, they're trying to bring back those familiar fuzzy feelings from 1980. They absolutely are. But really, when he goes to the bar, that sets things off for... for this, this, <laughs> this destroys the movie... It destroys Hollywood. <laughs> it has crumbled this institution of film, at least made on this kind of scale. He sits down at the bar, and just like in the original Shining, where you have uh, Lloyd, the bartender, pouring a drink, there's a new bartender in town. <laughs> and he, and he looks pretty familiar. He's got, a, he's got a cool red jacket and a receding hairline. They have... I And I, I was thinking about this... Early in the film, I was like, how are they going to handle Jack? Are they just not going to show Jack Torrance at all? Will we get like a photograph of Jack Nicholson at the Overlook, like at the end of the movie? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> they brought in. A local wrestler <laughs> from your local gym. <laughs> they, they, they really did. They brought in this actor who's credited as the bartender, Henry Tom. <gasps> no. They brought in the little boy from E.T., what? To play Jack Torrance, Jack Nicholson. You gotta be kidding That's me. Him? That is him. Oof. They carved his head up to look like Jack Nicholson's. And let me tell you, it doesn't. It is <laughs> it is impossibly bad and insufferable to sit through. Henry Thomas is Jack Torrance in this movie. Could you imagine? He plays the pedophile pervy dad in Gerald's game. In this movie, he's Jack Torrance. And he talks the boy from E.T. So much. They give him so much dialogue. Just in case you don't remember how Jack Nicholson sounded like in that movie. This reminds you that this is not what he sounded like at all. No. No. He could not do a Jack Nicholson impression to save his life. From from the side. <laughs> When he's not emoting at all, you can almost be like, ah, that's pretty good. But they don't just do the side. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) And he has like a good six minute stretch of dialogue with Ewan McGregor. And Ewan McGregor's like scolding his dad for not being interested in his mom after he passed away in the maze. And it's, it's unbelievable what they did here. And they, they're not done with him either. 
No, no, no. They cut back to him. You relive those iconic Jack Torrance moments with him going up the stairs with the axe, and you have this guy doing it instead. <laughs> Head on, no camera trickery. They don't put him in the shadows. They don't put in a voice double to do a really good Jack Nicholson impression. One of the most, the, the simplest impression to do in the world. A hack. No. Hack impression. Too. Yes. You could get Frank Caliendo in there to do it. <laughs> a Jack Nicholson impression. It would have it would have been a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but no, that's not what they did here. And I have screen captures on my phone when that came up. I I made a loud <laughs> vocal noise when I saw this. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Whose idea was that? That's what I want to know. Which executive thought? Well, first, let's get an icon from the 80s. And then let's just kind of make him look like Jack Nick- A little bit, sort of. Not really. Let's just give him a receding hairline. And he's fatter than Jack Nicholson ever was. He's fatter than Jack Nicholson is now. <laughs> he just looks off. It looks like, it looks like you know, The Shining, if you had not seen the movie since it came out. You know, you would see that and see, you know, that's pretty good. But if you know what that looks like, it takes you out of it completely in case that, you know, any other callback didn't take you out before. Why didn't they do this? How about this? They want to be respectful to that original film and also honor the Nicholson legacy. You can't get Jack Nicholson. He's got problems. Okay. What if you get his 30-year-old son who is the spitting image of him? You do some age makeup. You give him the Father Marin look and then add some digital effects. He's going to look like him. He's going to sound like him. You have a better option here. Not whatever happened to the boy from E.T. He's fat and schlubby. He's got a receding hairline. Let's let's find something similar to that old wardrobe and dress him up. Ill-fitting red sweater. Like a grandma red sweater. That's close. That almost looks like it, right? It's so jarring to see that I I can't understand... Thinking of a, a producer seeing a screening of this or a, or being on set and seeing the actor dressed like that and thinking, you know what? Yeah, that's it. We got it. This is it. Fans of The Shining are going to fucking love this. No, everyone that knows Jack Nicholson was in that movie is going to love this. Like, I, I don't understand that decision at all. That's because the people in charge don't actually like movies. They just, they're, they're interested in money. Many years ago, I think Hollywood, like a lot of the people in charge were people who were fans of movies. I think now they just look at it as another commodity. Like this movie would not have gotten made if it was not a success. And they thought about doing that as a franchise. They still might. Who knows? Mm -hmm. They got two movies out of that. You're trying to retcon The Shining into being like Batman Begins, essentially, (laughs) where this is the the big follow up, the big reveal. You know, you waited 30 years. This was always supposed to go down this way. And uh, it was a complete misfire. Now, that was egregious. What's perhaps 10 times more egregious, in my opinion, is when you get the Avengers-style <laughs> team-up of every single ghost that was in that film. All the creepy, split-second, subliminal characters that Stanley Kubrick yeah. visually created with his brain and uh, inundated that original film with. You have, uh, you know, the butler with the blood dripping down his head. What does he say? Great party, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. You have uh, uh, the the twins. 
the tub lady whose body is rotting. I am stunned. They didn't bring out the bear guy who's given a blowjob. That's what an implied blow we're job. waiting for. Also, the naked ladies in the movie like five times. They completely take the the point of the naked lady, which is just a shock moment of a what the fuck. If you use that five times in the movie, there's no moment of anything. You completely lose the point of that. And they use this as a... It, it felt like a, a team-up of, look at all these ghosts. Look at... Remember? Remember how creepy yeah. they were? And and uh, is it... That, that's another thing that I want to ask you about. So what was the point of little Danny going into the bathroom with the naked lady because it happens also at the end of the movie and that kind of left me with a what well that's i think that was a flashback right so uh, in in the original uh book and in the movie he's just wandering around i mean we're talking about an era where there's literally nothing to do you're snowed in you got this big place you're gonna go wander around right right so he checks out a room he's drawn to a room he's got the shine something's going off there he goes inside and in the original film that's when we see that he has the marks around his neck, that someone was choking him. And then uh, the Shelley Duvall character, character thinks that that was Jack, right. who has abused Danny in the past, who's gotten drunk and uh, roughed him up. In the original script, it's implied he does something far worse. But Stephen King. So, yeah, Stephen. No, no, no. So this was Kubrick. In the, I don't, I, no, it wasn't in the book where they implied molestation. Oh. But in the original script to The Shining, Stanley Kubrick made glaring metaphors to sex abuse um and it was it was like pretty on the nose all right because i have somebody who had read that original script which is not available anywhere but anyhow so um as you were saying we see this woman in the tub right Right. in the book it's very clear it's the woman in the tub who did this it's not jack torrance who choked danny so you have her come back and she's a bit sexier this time, you know. She doesn't have as much like mold yeah. on her on her gashes. She's not a saggy. She's uh, she's a little fuller, you know. Her chest is a little fuller. Yeah. They didn't like just rope in some some heroin addict off the street of uh, New York City, you know, for this one. She, she's like an ugly for an old like model lady, you know. Yeah, so. it's not a San- <laughs> Sandy Kane like in the old movie. No, 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 no. That that was real disgusting. And she, this girl, I mean, this lady who's like seventy is pretty gross too. But it's like she's just a normal old. Yeah, yeah gross, she's just you know? old. It's fine. <laughs> but but the thing that I don't understand is that they're okay. So at the beginning, well, maybe not the beginning, but there's a point in the movie where we we get a flashback of of uh, Danny, who mm-hmm. sees the old bitch in the tub, and then he walks into the bathroom and closes the door. I don't know if you remember that. And then at the end of the movie, he's trying to get it in. He needs a little time, but then some time <laughs> with this woman. But then at the end of the movie, we see what's her name? Annie. What's her name? Abra. Abra. Abra Rose the Hat. Scatman Crothers. The Black Crows. Uh, what's the guy's yes. name? Monster. What is it? Monster Mash. <laughs> 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 Howl, hound, something, <laughs> something horrible, something from like a kid's book. Uh, but she does the same thing. And it's like the last scene of the movie. She sees the naked lady in the top and then she walks in and closes the door. And that's the end of the movie. So I guess what I was trying to figure out is why? What? What are you doing? What? So does she give her the powers? I thought she was supposed to be like a creepy ghost. Because she shows up. She shows 
she shows up at Danny's house when he's a little boy, and, right, and he yes. walks in, closes the door. I don't remember if there's a noise or something that happens, but they close the door, and then that's it. And then at the end of the movie, little it's that heartbeat, that that heartbeat ambience that's going on, where it's like, and that's how they wind up cutting back to like Danny having a seizure, right, and sucking on his thumb, and but um, no, the I I the end of the movie was Abra talking to Danny Torrance. Doesn't she do that too at the end? Okay, all right. Well, hold on. First, we're, let's we'll get to okay, that in okay, a second. Okay, right. There's a lot to unpack lot. with descending. Yeah. What we have is is a you know I said it was an Avengers style team up. It really is a team up though. Where you have all the ghosts, they get together to kill Rose the Hat. And then also Danny Torrance, who becomes possessed with, I think, Jack Torrance. He's He's got the, yeah. you know, the the, the hulking uh, pose and everything. Like he's fucked injured. up his leg yeah. and he's, his hunch on his back. with the And he's got the axe from, from that movie. Well, they, he's going after Abra. They do and the then whole, he snaps back. The whole scene, the whole step scene where the hat is going up and he's he's backing but up the stairs and he's like swinging the axe like his mm-hmm. mom did uh which just felt very much uh, like remember, just remember this yeah people criticized in joker when they did the scene where it was zazie beats disappearing from every moment she was in yeah to like tell the viewer very like bluntly this does that in the worst way uh, you could a filmmaker could this is this is this is like if the CW did The Shining, yeah. that's what these scenes are like. So, fan film. Danny Torrance is is possessed by the Jack Torrance ghost, or maybe some other ghost. We don't really know. His eye is all <laughs> messed up and faded, Cosby like, and then yeah, very <laughs> Cosby, late Cosby eye. Yeah, you know, milky, the late Cosby look, blind dog. He gets to Abra, and then he's like, "Wait a minute, no, I'm me, Abra." I protected you. Run, Abra, run! It's a cheesier version. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even call the Father Karras moment cheesy in The Exorcist, where he he flashes back and he's like, "No!" and he jumps out the window. That's a pretty great moment. Right. This moment is atrocious. Yeah. This mo- This moment is nonsensical. He just hops back into his body and he's like, "Well, someone had to do it." All right, Abra, scram. Zombie Danny Torrance, where he's walking like his dad. And then she stops him and gives him like a little pep talk. And he's like, you're, you're right. I am me. Does his face I go- am a powerful he, young woman. His face goes back to normal too, right? So he's yes. N- he's not milky. Because you have to know. No, yeah. he's not the creepy ghoul. He is regular Ewan McGregor. He's- and then he goes back. He snaps right back to that, that zombie face. Where he's uh, lurching around. No, and... no, no, you're going too far. Oh, oh, because oh. there's a, yeah, there is a big showdown on the steps when Hat catches up to, uh, <laughs> to Danny, uh, Terrence, and the like. All of the ghouls come out, and that's where the big showdown happens, right. which ends in like ten seconds. They, and they, they just touch start her. Start playing. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> And they just touch her and then she dies and that's it. And then they try to Why didn't they do that in the first movie? They, Why didn't they just touch Jack Torrance and take him the first time? Exactly. They played with him first, I, you know? There's so many ghosts in the house, just touch all three of them and then that's a wrap. You got your house. Who cares? But like my, my biggest my biggest issue is that we're following this stupid bitch with her stupid hat. And then her end was just 
well, we're going to touch her for a couple of seconds and that's it. Like, that's the big climax of the, the story that we're following for two and a half hours. This movie was two and a half hours. And then it just ended like that. It felt two and a half hours. Yeah, Ugh. it was unbelievable. But then we have the end, which now for the third time we're visiting, which is Abra talking to Danny Torrance in a room. Her mom overhears and Abra goes to her mom. <clears throat> she she's she says to her mom, she's like, oh, well, actually, she makes up a lie for her. She's like, ah, I'm not talking to anybody. Actually, I was talking to my 55 year old male friend who got murdered and we would hang out and we would get cheeseburgers together. <laughs> I never told you. Oh, and dad's dead too, and he's okay. And then she puts her hands on her hips and walks back to her room <laughs> as that music plays from the end of The Shining where we zoom slow zoom in on Jack Torrance in the ballroom, 1922 or 1904, something like that. Uh, that the the uh, old old timey music. I forget the name of it, but last podcast on the left likes to do it as their outro sometimes. That's the music they chose to end with. With little, little Miss uh, little Miss Sassy Pants, yes, walking, <laughs> walking to her room in a superhero pose with her cape blowing in the wind. She got it done today. Folks. After saying some nonsensical shit to her mom that she didn't even react to, <laughs> she's just like, "All right, kid." No, her I'm mom's like, like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so fucking bad. Oh yeah, yeah. It, that was definitely worth waiting 30 years for that. 30 years in the making. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm I'm very glad that uh, I saw it and I could experience just how repulsive it was. It was I think this movie is the most indulgent film ever made as far as it, it having a pre-existing property and expanding upon that. Can you think of anything where it's like, we didn't need a sequel to that, right? That's a classic. That's renowned. Right. We all agree on this. This is a very good movie. Even if it's not your cup of tea, it's very hard to argue that The Shining is a bad movie. No. We do a sequel to it, and we bring back all the monsters. It's going to be like that one episode of Scooby-Doo, where they all just get together, and they want to take down the mystery machine once and for all. Um. I, 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 I'm still stunned. I'm floored by it. Did you, did, would you have expected that to happen? If I didn't tell you about that happening and we just never watched this movie, never talked about it for the podcast, would you assume that the movie would do exactly what it did? No, I was expecting it to be bad just because of that trailer. Like that trailer had some red flags already of, uh, of, you know, remember this, that remember this thing that they do in this movie a lot. But I was not expecting it to be, well, first, as visually boring as this was, uh, especially when you, you know, market it as a sequel to The Shining, one of the most, you know, visually stunning movies ever made. Uh, and also that it was going to be such a weird, young, adult, sci-fi drama storyline and try to... Uh, cram in as much shining as you could, which doesn't fit that at all. Uh, I no, I wasn't expecting it to be this much of a mess. I, I thought it was just going to be bad. I thought that they were going to make references to it, but not as obvious as this was. 
so uh yeah unfortunately it was worse than i was even expecting which i was not surprised with the fact that they kept going back to shining references every 10 to 15 minutes i thought the worst of it would have been what we've seen in the posters and the trailers where he goes back to the overlook he explores it puts his face through the door and that's like the call like oh yeah i remember that that would have been fine because that in itself is like this is bad but i expected this this is this is exactly on par for what a studio would do in terms of revisiting that property fine fair enough it's forgivable and ultimately a forgettable film this is unforgettable <laughs> this is this is this is they did they made it a royal rumble of ghosts i, I, I there's nothing else like this movie now like this is this this set the bar it's like this would be like if they went and did it's a wonderful life Two or citizen kane Two or or and it's 2000 well they did sequels to 2001 but those were actually the 2010 is actually a decent movie and there's some interesting visuals with that film so maybe not comparable um but it would be like revisiting a classic film from Ben-Hur. Oh, they the mid-20th century. They did that, too. They did that yeah. one, too. But see, this, that's forgettable. <laughs> Those are all forgettable. Point Break, the remake, who thinks about that? No one. Nobody remembers that. This is... I mean, the 1997 Shining, the remake, was egregious and unnecessary. But Stephen King wanted to do his version. It's his creation. It's his property. Let him have right. it. It proved to be... Uh, very not good. It was it was embarrassing, and yet people will argue on Stephen King message boards to the, this day Ugh. that that was the superior version of The Shining, just because they don't understand movies. This this is can we, this takes it to another level. Can we stop with him? <laughs> I know you love him, but like, it's just I guess just because I don't read his books, but. Everything they put out with his name attached, it's usually boring or the, the premise sounds darker than it actually is what they put on the screen. And I feel like maybe the books are, but Hollywood are such pussies that they're not going to go as hard as the book goes. So they just use the name recognition of it and that's it. And people go see it because they recognize the name. But yeah, it, I mean, the It movies made a lot of money, but is are we really going to be talking about them 20 years from now? Like, No. And, no, I think it's safe to say that, especially after Chapter 2, that uh, those movies are not even going to have the same durability to them that the 1990 version had, which feels so much truer to the book, uh, even if it had an embarrassing spider at the end. Yeah. Like there was claymation or whatever. At least they, they tried something and it failed. They didn't try to appease both parties and it's an icon it's an icon that people remember even if the movie is shit people at least remember it and people think the clown is creepy even if they don't remember what the movie was like but i just i just feel like his name whenever they attach it to a movie it for whatever reason it carries a lot of weight with with people that just see movies um just like a regular man i guess you want to call it that where it's just like oh it's a stephen king movie so it's just going to be good but they're really not. And I'm hoping that this is <laughs> when people finally start waking up that it's like, all right, well. That- people are going to hit the brakes yeah. and go back. We'll, we'll have another hibernation of Stephen King cinema. Because, you know, they did it in the 90s and it was mostly on television. Yeah. And then in the aughts. And that faded out 
that was probably the driest era for Stephen King. Wait, what do we have? We had uh, media. we had Dreamcatcher. Oh right, had... Dreamcatcher, the <laughs> yeah. shit weasels. Remember that? That was. I remember when I was young. When I went to go see uh, some movie in the theater, there was a Dreamcatcher poster. This was like 2013, 2012. Uh, no, oh. sorry, two thousand three, yeah, two thousand two, yeah. way back. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. I was a lad, and some creepy old lady approached me who worked at the cinema. She was like forty, and she looked like Jackie from Roseanne, but her face was like flat. And she tried to make conversation with me about Dreamcatcher. I was looking at the poster. Like, I read all his books. Like, great, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. So we had that. What else did we have in the in the two thousands? There was a uh, there was a version of some book that he put out under the name of Richard Bachman that was adapted for ABC and starred Ron Perlman. He was called called i think like desperation or something like that i don't know another forgettable one rose red was uh, a, a directed television uh property that he created he wrote the screenplay to that and it starred i think her name's nancy travis from becker and some guy who's on silicon valley now and he played this guy emery who is this obnoxious fat slob and he gets his fingers lopped off in the door that sounds familiar. And one of the one of the what are they the McPoyles on? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. One of them is in the movie. Okay. So you had that, and then they did like a one-off TV follow-up uh, that was like a made-for-TV movie called the I think it was called the Diary of Ellen Rimbauer. That he was not really involved in. He might have been a producer or something. So again, the odds were pretty scarce in the eighties. You had a lot of. Uh, theatrical films mm-hmm. that came out with that Stephen King name. Christine, Cat's Eye, Firestarter. It was endless. 1990s, they really just went direct to television because you could eat up more airtime. Yeah, yeah, The Stand was a big one. It, The Langoliers is a fun one. Bronson Pinchot's performance in that movie is great. Is it? No. <laughs> Why would it be great? I know, that's what I was What confused. has he ever been great in? <laughs> um, uh, what is that? The reality show with all the celebrities. Oh, this, he was on the Surreal Life, and he was yeah, very yeah. perfy. I remember that. I remember yeah. seeing that. They took them to like a sex dungeon too, and he was like the most, the most <laughs> like aggressive one. He was fun. He was fun in it because he's such a fucking pervert trying to fuck everyone. Yeah, you had like Janice Dickinson and Omarosa yeah. and Vern Troyer, and then Bronson Pinchot was like hitting on all the girls constantly. And that like inappropriate remarks. Wasn't that where uh, Flava Flav and the the big lady were in it too? And that's oh no no that was that was season three oh, of okay. this real life. You had Uncle Joey in there too, and jo- <laughs> uh, one of the Lawrence brothers I think was on that season. That, no, the surreal life is actually if 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 they started replaying the surreal life again, I guarantee that would be oh, pure keen. Opened, that would be great television. You, open a can of reality show <laughs> worms with you. <laughs> that I'll tell you what that one that one is the season where I bowed out on. Because I, I was young and I was like, this is just dirty. I, I don't want to watch I, this. I think the only reality show that I've seen from front to back is called The White Rapper Show. Oh, and MC Search was the host, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was so funny. All those shows on MTV and VH1 probably aged to perfection. They really should dole them back out. But um, where, where were we going with this? With this surreal? Oh, uh, yeah, Sick. Stephen King adaptation. So I think that's possible. Will this be the one that hits the, the wall? I, 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 I hope that the discourse around this movie is about 
just how disrespectful this movie is, that 1980 version. I don't think it will be, though, because critics today have been inundated with references to everything in pop culture and the idea of shared yeah. universes and that this something like this is perfectly okay, right? That, it, that it's not like a blight on the face of art itself, which it is. So uh, could it could it be the one? It might be, but I wouldn't bank on it. I think it'll be something rather small that starts to slow down the uh, the carriage here for Stephen so, King. So this is definitely going to make numbers, right? Money. No, Twice. I don't think that's don't definite. Think so? I mean, look at the new Terminator movie that just opened. That bombed. That's a reliable name. That's a much bigger name than Doctor Sleep, and that only netted twenty million dollars. You have Arnold Schwarzenegger. The guy who directed Deadpool, James Cameron, put his name on the movie, and it only made 20 mil. So there's no guarantee here that Dr. Sleep will recoup its its budget. Yeah, yeah but I think I think uh, the reason why that bomb is because they've been putting out fucking terrible Terminator movies for the past 20 years. So that could be one, and also the marketing for it was a little gross. Uh, so maybe that's You're why. Women I don't know. Are gross? I, Strong women are gross? yes. Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, with this one, I feel like because The Shining is is seen as as one of the you know the best movies ever, and it's such an iconic, uh, at least visually, um, with the you know the the carpet and the the twin girls and the, uh, Jack Nicholson and he's him going crazy and all that. I feel like it's held at such a high regard now that people are going to be really interested in seeing this just to see what they do. So I feel like maybe this weekend or at least uh, the first week before all the bad reviews come out because the, everything that's come out uh, for now at least. I'm, well, I'm looking at the Metascore and it's 59 already, so that's already changing. But uh, I feel like a lot of people are going to go see it just because of that, the curiosity, just to see what they do. Uh, and hopefully... You know, it's not going to be like what these reviews are saying, which is, you know, it's a great adaptation of, of this thing and like respectful to the to the source, which is not at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like th- this first weekend might make a bunch of movie, but as soon uh, a bunch of money. But as soon as the reviews start coming out, which is already happening, it's going to bomb horribly. So you do think that the tide is going to turn as far as the critical response? I mean, I, I when I when I looked at it maybe a week ago, it was in the '90s, and now it is at 74 percent. So I I would hope you're correct. You have to think though that Warner Brothers might be expecting this to flop, and they want to brush it under the rug because if you were expecting this to be a big critical hit and make money, why wouldn't you release it the week of Halloween mm-hmm. in the U.S. right? Uh, or or earlier than that, why wouldn't you have it be a tee up to Halloween where people are in the mood for that? They right. put it the week after, which is it's 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 strange. I think it's something to look into because th- these studios are not naive. When they know that they have a bomb on their hands, they're perfectly aware of it and they act accordingly in the lead up. Well, it came out. Yeah, it came out on the thirtieth, right? Uh, in the UK. Oh, has it not come out in the states yet? No, it's not out, I think, anywhere else. It's only out in just the UK at the moment. Just that theater that you saw, you, me and me saw it? I, I, got a, I got a private screening. I'm part of the elite class. Right. Okay. So uh, this, this, is, uh, this is quite the film. It is uh, perhaps uh, one of the more 
uh, it will be one of the most discussed films of the year. And I look forward to seeing more. I would love to see a Shining a Three. You want to see the director Scott of this? A three-hour epic. I, w- <laughs> I want to see the Warner Brothers uh, Warner Direct or Warner Premiere line direct-to-DVD horror films reignited. That's yeah. the reason why Trick or Treat came out. Remember that movie, yeah, Trick yeah, or yeah. Treat? Yeah. The little pumpkin-headed fuck. What's his name? Um, Jack. Sam. It's Sam. No, Sam. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, maybe they could do that, and I could imagine, I could imagine going to Blockbuster and seeing like a good Photoshop cover of like a demon child, and it's called The Shining Three: Abra's Curse. That could be <laughs> like she's on the tricycle that Danny was on, and you see her outline, and there's just white eyes, and like Danny Torrance at the end of this movie, and his hat has the the carpet pattern, the hotel. Yeah. That, yeah. Why not? Yeah. We should make that movie. That would be that would be a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. You they would not even be able to afford like the original actress from Doctor Sleep, so they would just get like uh, anyone else. Know. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Like she, what, what, why was she even hired? She didn't even need to be in the fucking movie. And it's so jarring because of how real Shelley Duvall's performance is because of how traumatized she was that when you play a flashback that's supposed to be Shelley Duvall and it's this girl that's trying to act intense but you can tell she has not suffered what Shelley suffered so it just feels completely out of place and it feels like a like a fan film it feels like someone yeah. from a college just made this and got her got their sister to play Shelley Duvall and you know, she's supposed to be crazy and she's supposed to be, you know, upset. So just do that. Yeah, this is this is the college humor version of yeah. The Shining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Those fake trailers that they did, Dora the Explorer and all that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. Oof. Wow. What 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 an amazing time at the cinema. Uh, I'm, uh, I am I don't know what else to really say about this movie. I think we've covered just about everything that needs to be covered. I mean, we could talk about the performances, which are bog standard at best. You know, like I said, Ewan McGregor's not not terrible, but he's not his best either. He's just kind of... What we're seeing now, I think, with Ewan McGregor, now that he's hit the point in his career where he'll take anything, is he's maybe never been that good to begin with. He's good in the right hands, and then generally speaking, he's just kind of okay. He's just handsome. He's just good looking, and that's it. That's what he's been playing, just uh, that guy. Yeah. And that's what he does in this one. He plays that guy again. He's good at, as much as you're not asking too much from him, I guess that's a lot of actors, but... He's good at cuckolding uh, famous directors who put out better movies this year, like The Art of Self-Defense with Jesse Eisenberg. Did you see that? No. No. I, I, I have it, but... I watched it on uh, the plane to Miami, and it was very different. It was uh, it was pretty good though. So it got a couple of laughs out of me. Is it I, is it uh, offbeat like a uh, foot fist way? I think the foot fist way is much much funnier. That's more tailored to just my sense of humor though. Yeah. yeah but yeah. this movie's not bad. It's um, I would recommend checking it out. I don't think the humor is really like extremely funny where you're laughing nonstop, but I, it does some interesting things, and I appreciate. What Riley Stearns and Jesse Eisenberg did with that film. It was fine. I think I got it at like number 27 
for the year, though. Okay. Doctor Sleep is not the worst movie, though. I think it's uh, the, the the most significantly, um, you know, malignant film. I think it's I think it's really genuinely evil. I really do think that this movie is a curse on Hollywood, and it's going to lead to terrible things. I I if this if this movie <laughs> makes money, it is going to lead to very very bad things in the movie business, and I I mean that. So you know how. Uh... People like to think of Kubrick as someone that's very, you know, this weird character, this weird, uh, intense person. Do you think he that... uh, mailed his 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 actors used condoms and rats on set? <laughs> <laughs> he tattooed damage on his forehead. No, um, do you think he cursed this and like he, that, this is gonna be like the curse of Kubrick and this is gonna ruin, <laughs> this is gonna ruin Mike Flanagan's careers for even daring to try to do something like this. He's going to be, you know, found dead tomorrow or something like that <laughs> from something very... From suicide. Creepy. He's so embarrassed of this movie. Yeah. With a, with a ice white shot mask, he masturbated, choked masturbated until he died. Like David Carradine style. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. saw it's They like... saw a little tie boy running from the... Sprinting from the window as the police showed up. <laughs> um, I, I mean, look, I don't think it's necessarily like sacrilegious to to touch something that, that Kubrick has done. Like I said, they did 2010 and that movie's a pretty good movie. I mean, it's not 2001. 2001 is a landmark of cinema. It did. It, it, it blew open like the visual game for mm -hmm. movies, right? Especially at that time where nobody else was doing what, what he did in that film. And people still aren't really doing it. They're trying to ape that. They're trying to recreate certain aspects of it, but no, nobody did what he did. 2010 is a good movie though. Um, is that the and, End of the world movie? No, that that's uh, quite the opposite. That's uh, oh, geez, oh, what do you? What is that movie? Oh that's god, twenty twelve is it? <laughs> that was twenty twelve. Roland Emmerich sequel to the day after tomorrow, I think. So wow. let's 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 say that Warner Brothers comes. So we're uh, five years back from today, and uh, okay. they just come up with the budget for this movie mm -hmm. and. And they don't have a clear idea of what to do with it, but they come to you and they tell you, okay, so... There actually is many ways to pull this off. And they involve avoiding that original Shining altogether. I think you can do a version of this movie where you have Jack... Tor where it can even be connected to that original film. But don't don't tread out with that, all the familiar with, looks. With that band of misfits... No, you don't. You that. certainly don't do that. You certainly don't do that. Okay. Listen, for example, a Christmas story was made, right? You know the 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 Christmas story film uh, right, with right. I think his name's Peter Billings. He played the little boy. I'm, you're going to shoot your eye out. Okay, yeah. they did a sequel to that movie. They did a sequel. I mean, I'm not talking about a Christmas story too, which was the direct. I mean, I just mentioned Warner Warner Direct or Warner Premiere mm -hmm. that line of DVDs. They did a sequel that was called The Christmas Story Two. Forget that. They did a sequel to A Christmas Story in 1994 with one of the Culkin boys, I think, as that character. And um, that's not a bad movie, but it's totally different. It looks different. It doesn't try to continue the aesthetics and the visual flair and everything that you knew about that, but it's the same characters. It's a continuation, and they pull it off. Alternatively, uh, take a look at like We're the Buffalo Rome and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, where you have... Two different interpretations of the Hunter S. Thompson character played by Bill Murray and Johnny Depp. You know, there's no hearkening back to that. They just draw from the same source. Fine. 
there's many, many, many instances like that. And again, 2001, 2010, similar enough. Okay. There's a way to do that. Um, so you can have like, you can have the overlook, you can have Jack Torrance, maybe don't show him, maybe just have a picture. Right. And as far as the, the, the Wendy Torrance and, um, Dick, Dick Halloran scenes, do what you did with Dick Halloran, right? Don't, mm-hmm. don't have him do a Scatman Crothers impression. Just have an older woman who seems somewhat well-adjusted because obviously some time has passed since then. She's not going to be exactly the same as she was right. before. You know, maybe have her hairstyle the same or, or like the wardrobe the same, but have it have an actress be her own version of Wendy Torrance. Don't try to ape that. So I think that's an easy way to do that. And it would make the references like in passing leading up to that end where that would have to be excised altogether <laughs> um, much more palatable. So I think that that would be one way how to do that. But they didn't do that. They said, let's dive right in. We're going to jump jump in head first. What will you do about this Avengers, though? That's the thing. Like, that seems to be... That's in the book, right? <laughs> that is not in the book. Oh, it's not in the book. What the fuck? Then why the... What? So, okay, so... I should have probably asked this at the beginning, but... So what happens in the book that's different than this movie? So that... The whole storyline of the movie doesn't happen in the book no 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 that's not true the ending to the book is different from the movie i would have to revisit the book to give you like a clear uh description of all the things that happened but again the overlook does not exist anymore right uh by the end of the 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 (laughs) shining novel so in dr sleep they go one route in this movie they go the most self-indulgent route possible and it becomes uh, a little tacked on prequel sequel remake the shining you have any closing thoughts on on this movie because don't go see it in the theater don't give them money don't give them money that's really i mean that that's the answer to all of this right for for so many movies we complain about so many terrible films the answer always comes down to don't give them money they're going to continue making this shit and if they if they went as slow as to make something as grow as this you shouldn't right no if this movie pops off you're gonna see hollywood sink to new depths and i really i really could see that happening because i never saw this happening ever here we are there is no limit to what they're willing to do with their pre-existing titles so are you looking forward to uh Citizen Kane 2020 it's about Donald Trump being evil. <laughs> that, that, that would be that would actually be pretty good I think. That's the Lex Luthor movie. Well, that's the character, right? He's a rich guy. His business from his dad, right? His newspaper business from his dad and mm. he's kind of mean. I can see it. I can I can see that happening. Fuck. Ugh. That's his, if Trump wins. If he wins again, they'll yeah. they'll bring that movie out. If he doesn't win, Citizen then Trump. they'll they'll probably shelve it. They'll they'll it'll be a trick or treat situation all over again when they try to pass it off to another company and then it goes direct to DVD. It'll go direct to Netflix. They'll buy it since they took two billion dollars in debt out to add to the twelve billion in debt that they already have. These streaming services are going to disappear very soon. They're or, or they're going to jack them their prices up to forty bucks a month, which. They should disappear from your bank account if that's the case. Yeah, we're just so, going to get cable again. I mean, that's what they want. That That's what they want this to be. They want to replace cable with the streaming services. So it's like it's the same exact thing as before. But then you can just watch anything whenever. 
that's what they want the outcome of this to be. So get ready for that. Get ready to pull the plug or have the plug pulled on you. Start buying Blu-rays again. Buy some videotapes. <laughs>